Hello and welcome to the Third Space Podcast, episode number 44. Excellent title, I'm very proud of, Death and Saxes. It's relevant, you'll see how once we get started. Uh, this is Bennett, and in this episode, Daniel and I, we complain about fire alarms, smoke detectors, whatever you want to call them, uh, and then we bring back superpowers and drawbacks. Uh, I realize it's been a while, a few episodes since we did our last this time, we bring some level one superpowers and drawbacks, getting back to the trivial roots of the segment. And then we talk about death, namely the cost of death, how expensive it is to die. It seems like it should be free, but actually there are a lot of associated costs. We talk about some of the rituals involved with death and maybe why we do those and how prone the death industry and all the rituals are to exploitation. So kind of a morbid topic a little bit, but also fascinating in a way. Uh, and we squeeze it all into a little bit more reasonable time frame. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's a podcast with you and me. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> what's um okay that's all i have for, i just thought i'd get to the chase you know right <laughs> i could have said bennett and daniel but you know i figured you know us by now um yeah yeah it's okay. a podcast as well it is that's <laughs> that's our podcast <laughs> uh possibly possibly the worst opening we've ever done. <laughs> i'm all about efficiency man <laughs> yeah i will i wasn't sure if you were gonna you know pick up on it with you know our names the name of the podcast or anything like that but you know what i respect the simplicity yeah yeah me too <laughs> um all right lead the wave in it what do you got for me today okay all right i've got i've got three things uh that i want to talk to you about i've got a stupid little uh event that that happened to me um that's probably not even that interesting I've got. I like not interesting, stupid events. Perfect. Sounds and like a real is, riveter, <laughs> riveting it, opening. This is right up your alley, then. Um, and right. then I've got a superpowers and drawbacks uh, that we can do. And then oh, yeah. I've got a topic that I want to. Uh, it's not very structured, but I just want to throw it out there, and I'll go ahead and seed the topic in your mind. Okay. Death. Oh. Death. What? Well, that's just. Pleasant. You know, that's a downer. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, right. And so, yeah. Some. I just kind of want to talk about. Uh, it's kind of a weird topic, so I want to talk about it with you. Actually, I well, think, like specific. I'm assuming you're gonna have some specific elements yeah. you want to discuss. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have some some little specific things, but that's the general topic. So, you know, you can just have death on your mind this whole conversation. Yeah, great. And go ahead and be ready for it when it. Uh, planting the seed of death. Planting yes. the seed of death. So I had this. Uh, I had something annoying happen to me the last couple of nights. I just want to complain about it. Uh, I just kind of okay. vent a little bit. So uh, Thursday night, I went to sleep at my normal time around ten thirty p.m. or so, um, and I fell asleep as I usually do, really quickly and soundly, and things were going beautifully. It was a wonderful night, and then I was jolted out of sleep quite unpleasantly by a loud, piercing beep. Uh, the kind that you normally hear from your fire alarm um, or your smoke. Like a one smoke that you have not rip, 
because it, the battery has not been replaced or because it's like going off as in like alert alert no because of the battery um so this okay, is obviously yeah. an experience the chirp i guess the chirp yes. so this freaking chirp very distinct yeah very distinct i mean this chirp has plagued me multiple times in my life and if anyone has experienced this, then I'm sure they have the same kind of rage that, that I do at this one freaking chirp. It never happens at 3 p.m. or, you know, whatever time when you just bought batteries or something. It always happens in the dead of night, like, in the most inconvenient time. And this is not the kind of chirp that you can just ignore and sleep through. Like, it's piercing and loud. And in my case, it's, like, right outside my bedroom door. Um, and it demands attention. It's designed yes, to be annoying. It's designed to demand attention, and I kind of hate them for doing that because, like, like for the alarm part, I understand. Okay, make that loud and, and annoying because if your house is on fire, then you should probably pay attention to it. But the backup battery is getting low when this thing is already plugged in. You know, like it's when it's screwed into the ceiling, it's plugged into like your actual electricity. Right. The battery right. is just for a backup. So do you really need to literally every 60 seconds, that's the timer, make this loud piercing chirp to wake me from my sound slumber? Like, no, you do not need to do this. But whoever (laughs) makes my fire alarms decided to do that. And so I had to get up in the middle of the night and like, you know, I didn't have my contacts in, so I couldn't see anything. I was tired. Did you sigh a lot or did you curse? Did you bother like saying anything out loud? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the the fire alarms were definitely the target of, you know, more cursing than I usually uh, engage in. Um, And so I had to go like get my kitchen chair and like put it in the hallway, you know, underneath it and then precariously balance on it to unscrew the thing just to try to diagnose the problem, see what's going on. Of course, it's the battery. It's this plastic, like cheap fire alarm. So like the little tray that holds the battery is loose and jiggly. And so it's like, okay, is the battery dead? Does it need to be? And it's jiggled? not a double A battery, right? It's one of these round watch-looking batteries. No, for mine flat. it's a, ni- a nine-volt battery. Um, oh, okay. One of the big nine-volt batteries, but still not. I just a don't com- recall. Com- yeah, yeah. So you know, you don't, I had to you don't through- have a drawer of nine-volt batteries, do you? Um, I don't. But luckily, very luckily, I had this same problem in my previous apartment before I moved, like maybe a year and a half ago. And so I bought some nine volt batteries for that. Pro- the same thing happened to me, and so I actually did have some on hand. Thankfully, otherwise, you would have been hearing on the news. You know, local man goes on shooting rampage, destroying everyone's <laughs> smoke alarms, smoke detectors. So, all right, but here's the here's the additional weird thing. So, aside from just my petty annoyance at being woken up, it was only eleven fifteen. By the way, I'd only been asleep forty five minutes, which is really strange. I felt like it was the middle of the night anyway i replaced the battery it stopped beeping i went to sleep things were fine i was just i was just annoyed fast forward to friday night and you know i go to sleep um a little bit later than usual it was like 10 45 or, or 11 p.m i lay down and go to bed and then because it's a wild friday night that's why yeah. yeah it was totally crazy i was really you know like playing video games really harder than I usually do. And pressing the buttons. Pressing, pressing the buttons with vigor. Um, just wild abandon. Anyway, I went, I laid down to go to sleep, and about 11.15, again, I hear the chirp. The freaking chirp. 
And if my cursing on the first night was bad, this one was just like taken to another level because I just right because you did the right thing. You yes. actually ate the cost and did the right thing. I and to fixed... be experiencing this again is like no, no, no. I've earned the right yes, to not exactly. experience like the this. Sleep, yeah. Like th- this is not my problem anymore, right? I replaced the battery. I did the thing. I endured the consequences. Like I was woken from sleep by this thing. And, and it worked. The, the solution to the problem worked for 24 hours. And so I was really baffled at what was going on. Right, uh, like an old battery that you put in, the juice had fun, like, But that I, seems I, unlikely. It seemed, you know? I mean, they weren't, the batteries weren't that old. I checked the expiration date on the batteries that they weren't expired or anything. I don't use batteries and then put them back in the drawer. I don't do that kind of thing. And so, like, yeah. you know, I unscrewed it, I took the battery out, jiggled it around, put it back in, made sure the plus was on plus and minus was on minus, all the normal things, it still beeped. You know, I I tried, you know, futilely to take it out of the ceiling, unplug it from the power and go stick it under some pillows or something. But of course the beep doesn't come from that. And so <laughs> nothing worked. Yeah. I, I laid down and tried to ignore it. And just, you know, after four beeps, that's just not going to happen. And so like, I, but but one thing I discovered was, okay, I've got this thing hidden under the pillows in my living room, and I still hear the beep, and it's piercingly loud. It sounds like it's right in my bedroom. And so, like, I turn on my lights and look, and sure enough, there's a f- the smoke detector in my bedroom, too, Like, th- which is weird because, like, not 10 feet away through my bedroom door is the other one in the hallway. And so, in kind of an anticlimactic mm. solution... I just changed the battery on this second one and that stopped it too. But I thought it was odd that not 24 hours apart, exactly 24 hours apart, both batteries died in my two separate fire alarms. So yeah. I don't know. I just thought, yeah. it, was, thought it was strange. I guess no beeps. The batteries are well designed to be like consistent from quality control standpoint. Dude, they're dying, on the, dying the one time. day apart, like something yeah. like that. I just thought it was really weird. And, uh, Worth, uh, worth, you know, starting off our podcast with. Um, well, quick side note about that chirp that has come to uh, have now a, a strange association with it. When uh, when Danielle and I were playing the Quest Two um, uh, Population One, the yeah. uh, Battle Royale game, you know, with strangers, and you'd log in and play with other people. Right. Um, on, I would estimate four occasions, which is that's a lot in my opinion. You would hear that chirp from their apartment, very annoying while in gameplay. They're ignoring it, Whoa. and they are the sort of I'm going to stereotype this sort of loser type, <laughs> uh, all of them. And we would acknowledge and go, "Hey, you should change your battery." And then they would go, "Why does everyone always say that?" <laughs> and this sort of like they're annoyed that other people keep bringing it up. And I, so I really associate, it, it, it just tracks for me this idea that like we all have this experience and most like you sort of address it, but the more, the bigger loser you are, the more you're just like, I think, I think that atrophy, is that the word or entropy, yeah. as you uh, say, like well, just happens around, yeah, well, entropy. atrophy, I guess, in- entropy. entropy. So oh, our, okay. our life just tends toward chaos and like, mm-hmm. look things get dusty and sticky and gross, even if yeah. you're a reasonably clean human being. But that's why you just go, Ugh, and you clean it. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the loser does not. And the loser just kind of goes, ah, now I have to adapt to a crappier lifestyle uh, because right. the alternative would be like, to do you know, something about active, it. Yeah, to do something <laughs> about it. And so I really think that's sort of, I mean, they don't consciously say that, but they go, ah, this beep. And then the, question is just like can i deal with it and like 
The answer might even be no, but yet yes through their actions or inaction. And so, but to have that happen four times, um, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, was it the and, same and, and pe- I, same person you were just playing? No, with? no, no. These are definitely different people. I mean, there's thousands. You know, there, there's there's thousands, I can't imagine. Thousands, if not. I mean, like so four times in the course of like uh, we were playing frequently for only about four or five months. Right. So to have that happen four times, it was like we would look at each other and go, "Oh my gosh!" And when it's when you have the headset on and that chirp is a distinct yeah. piercing, it, like just for a moment, you're like, "Oh, is that mine?" Uh, right, or right. like, yeah, and then it hard. became kind of like, "Well, this is funny that this is like a com. This is just a. I just think there's a lot of losers right now. If you were to say whose alarms are chirping and the Venn diagram of yeah. losers and alarms chirping are yeah, way overlap. that overlaps strong because." It's not long that the the non loser has a chirping alarm, so it's just a funny thing. If it's chir- if you hear someone's alarms chirping, uh, there's they're a good a chance they're a loser. <laughs> yeah, I really think that's not a bad. You go to the, so if you're like on a date and a yeah, girl takes you back and her alarm's chirping, you 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 really might want to reconsider things. God, that is a metric I'm gonna have to start using. <laughs> Put in your dating profiles. Will not date those who tolerate chirps of fire alarms. Yeah, I'm anti chirping. No chirping. <sighs> yeah. Well Well that's that topic is over. That's done. Alright. Well are you ready for superpowers and drawbacks then? I yeah I had some electrolytes and it makes me pee really fast. So instead of us doing some editing job because this is a common thing you might not know listeners but me Daniel I have uh-huh. a I pee a lot and so uh, I'm gonna go do that and I but I'm just gonna put Bennett on the spot to you know tell tell a little I'll just, like, just you just just be fun be funny I'll give the I'll give the history of superpowers and drawbacks because every time we kind of forget to. Um, to say what it is, superpowers and drawbacks. We ha- we have these recurring segments: mind your morals, adventures in etymology, superpowers and drawbacks. But usually, I forget to explain what they are. So, superpowers and drawbacks. The concept is that I present Daniel with two superpowers, and he can choose which one he wants uh, between those two. But I also present him with two drawbacks, and in order to take a superpower, he also has to pick one of the drawbacks. And the thing that I find most fun about superpowers and drawbacks is that there's a scale of power, I guess, from 1 to 10. And I find that the most interesting powers and drawbacks are the ones down at the low end of the scale, the ones that you don't ever normally think about. Like, I'm back. You're back. I was just explaining yeah. um, superpowers and drawbacks. Uh, and yeah, I was great. talking about the uh, the power scale and how you know whenever people normally do you know fantasize about superpowers they talk about flight and invisibility and these are like on the 9 or 10 of the scale but what i find most interesting is almost trivial superpowers and drawbacks down at the low end of the scale ones and twos and so on do you think that has to do with us getting more mature and we're interested in the nuance because what we're able to do is take the small stuff and uh extract more meaning from that and when you're when you're less mature you don't need you it's like watching movies you're not subtle you want explosions and bad guys who just are so overtly evil and then we're more interested in i guess uh or at least i am and more like a watching a movie now i'd rather have the tension like be like character driven and subtle and they're like oh i see that in in other people around me and so in the same way you choose small superpowers and drawbacks can be so much more revealing about personality traits whereas like yeah these the 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 more grand the superpower the more it trumps like 
it's just yeah. so powerful that that leads the discussion. But when they're smaller, our little idiosyncrasies rise more. Our personality traits and value systems come, you know, they're they're more at play. I think. Yeah, definitely. That's absolutely part of it, and that's what makes the discussion fun. I also think there's probably, I mean, you put a very positive light on us um, for the way we do it, but I think there's also <laughs> like a more contrarian sort of notion to it. Like everyone talks about flight or invisibility, but we're going to talk about blowing streams of air across the room or, you know, changing the color of your skin like to rainbow colors or something. You know, we're talking about this yeah. trivial stuff. And, well, there's a novelty aspect to it because, you know, lots of people gravitate towards that grandiose sort of stuff, but they don't think about how their life would be changed if, you know, their foot was backwards or something, you know, like they don't. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I I'm coming up with them on yeah. the fly here. I'm just, I know. Those are all like, pretty good. I go write those down. Yeah, <laughs> backwards foot syndrome. Um, yeah, like uh, they don't think about that. And so it puts you on the spot and you have to think about that, how that little thing would impact you. And like you say, your personality plays a lot into that. So Yeah, contrarian. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not really a contrarian though. I mean, like, some not like people think else. They, Yeah, not like everyone else. Those people I like to call labelers. You know, I I really don't like those people either. Labelers, contrarians, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not, Listen. and labelers. Oh. <laughs> okay, so you're doing. Right. We're gonna do a superpower drawback. What level are we at today? Uh, we are going back to the roots with a level one. Uh, yeah. The actual, the absolutely weak. So we have done a level one before. Yeah, we've done plenty of level ones. Last okay. time, it's actually been a while. It's been for in real time for us. It's been a few months. Um, we did level eight, the highest we've ever done, and so I figured it's time to you know go back to the norm with a level one. Okay, I like it. All right, so uh, here we go. I'm gonna present you with the two superpowers and then the two drawbacks, and you gotta pick one of each or walk away. So the first uh, superpower that you can have is baby whisperer. And okay. the baby whisperer with this superpower, if you just make a faint shh noise, then you can command babies to do simple things that are within their power, like uh, stop crying or burp or eat or whatever. So yeah. you can't command the Basically, babies. I could have a baby army if I want. No, you know, no, no. no. It's fly not the baby airplanes and no. take over the baby world. No, no, no. no. no, no. Okay. It's not that powerful. That would be like a three. Um <laughs> So with this babies can't do a whole lot. Yeah, yeah but you can, you can just be a good you, parenting becomes a way easier is what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Well, just, I mean, yeah, you, you can shut your baby up. You can make him eat his goop or whatever. Um, but but it only lasts until they turn one year old. So after one year old, it becomes ineffective. So it's a very okay. uh, time limited power. But it doesn't have to only be your baby. It could be any baby. Just any baby under one year old. You can command them override their will and make them do whatever you want them to within a baby's power. So you could make the, a baby, you know, shoot shoot a bird for a picture or smile or yeah. do whatever. You could become a baby photographer and do, be the best yes. baby photographer. Right. Actually, seriously, that's that's what you would do with this power, I think. Perhaps so, yeah. So You'd be the best having them do funny stuff and, like, fun smiles and, like, yeah, yeah, totally. So that's the power. Make big money that way. That's the power. Yeah. Um, the other power that you can choose from is called, uh, pretty uncreatively, I should have thought about this one more, automatic doors. Um, so this one, uh, unlocked doors that are not automatic doors, they will automatically open for you like they were automatic doors. Um, 
So like your house door or whatever. Unlocked doors, you said. So yeah. it's not like I have I can't I'm not accessing bank vaults and no. stuff unless it's already unlocked. Yeah. Unless it's already unlocked. It doesn't it does not include car doors. That's an important uh an important oh. note. That so, keeps it at a one, I think. You know, what's that? Because that's yes. going to be that's. I said that keeps it at a one because that's the most common door, or, or you know, one of probably, them yeah. that you open. But so yeah, doors to your house, doors to you know the school, or double doors, or whatever. Any it's sort of pleasant. You don't have to open it yourself if you yep. carry stuff a lot. You know, whatever yep. groceries. I don't know. That's nice. Very practical, um, convenience, superpower. Uh, not gonna I'm get rich disappointed in the name. It's probably what I. It, as this far as uh, I give it a one as a, as a, a name as well. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's an old one that's been on the list for a while, and so yeah, I, I should have thought about that more. Anyway, I'll make up for it um, with the drawbacks. So, th- in order to take one of those prestigious superpowers, you also have to take one of these mm-hmm. drawbacks. The first one is called Sax Soundtracks. Uh, sax Soundtracks. Sax Soundtracks. Um, okay. And for this one, there's always a saxophone soundtrack accompanying your life. Uh, only you can hear it. And it's not loud enough to you know, drown out people talking or interfere directly with anything that you're doing. And it always generally matches the emotion that you're feeling um, at, at the time. But it has saxophone it- flourishes. So you know, if you're really happy, it'll be screechy kind of you know, happy saxophone music. And if you're sad, then it'll be, you know, like really sad. Honky. But it is artful in terms of like, it's, it's professional. professional quality. Yeah. 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 It's professional. It's not amateur, but I don't know if you're the same as me in this respect, but I hate saxophone music. I think it's one of the most annoying instruments. Um, I did not know that. that I that consider exists. it pretty sexy, like well, almost uh, maybe, cartoonishly sexy, you know, maybe, like, like some, Maybe this is the drawback for Bluesy. you, then, my friend. Uh, to me, saxophones, they, yes, they, they can fall within a pleasant range, but I, f- I find that they rarely do so, and they're often like honky and screechy, and they make noises that I find unpleasant, especially if they're the lead instrument of some solo or something. The people go crazy with the honks and the screeches, and I, don't, I just don't find that pleasant <laughs> at all. And so your life would be full of these. And for me, if we can talk about this more, I guess, but if I had this drawback, I would hear the saxophone, notice the saxophone, start to get annoyed, which would make the saxophone start playing annoyed songs, <laughs> and things would just escalate. It would be, it would be terrible for me. But that's a funny thought. It's just constantly, anno- like two people, like you and I have chosen it, and I like it. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. going and enjoying some good music, and it's really mellow and subdued. Yeah. And, and you're just you're sitting in a corner, rocking back and forth, and it's going. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's how it would be. So, how, uh, in terms of volume, um, is it dependent on the intensity of the emotion? Is there a set uh, kind of, you know, uh, just how loud is it basically? I mean, like I said, it's not loud enough to interfere with anything. Um, So, I would say it magically modulates to the situation. so that you know it's not like you're going to be having an angry conversation with someone and the saxophone is drowning it out so you can't actually hear the conversation but but it'll be there in the background um got it always and it's not it's never going to be so quiet that you just don't hear it. it's always going to be there it's ever present so if i'm if i'm on this like contemplative walk and feeling very peaceful yep. it's just going to be this very mild yes. like mood notes kind of playing in the background yeah 
Okay, so it's just <laughs> constant and uh, I, I, yeah, that's a that's a good number like level one for me. Like it sounds like it might be even a two or three for you. Given Could be. Your, but for I would, me, it's yeah, I would have to do some nice work. One annoyance because it it might just feel so natural in the same way. Uh, laughter soundtracks and sitcoms you mm-hmm. kind of lose yourself with that and it's just sort of an enhancer like this might even be this could potentially be unnoticed for me or yeah. dare i say a positive but probably not a positive just because it's this thing that i'm now taking anytime you ask me in these superpower and drawbacks like i'm taking on an unknown thing and it's now here to stay that yeah. you know that inherently gives pause to a degree because so okay i'm wrapping my head around what you call it sax soundtracks sax soundtracks <laughs> a little better sax, better sax than soundtracks. automatic doors um all right the other drawback that you can choose from is called blame it on the dog um so for this one anytime you fart the sound of the fart is replaced by a random stereotypical animal noise so like a dog bark or a bird call a moo or an elephant noise or whatever just a random animal uh whatever their sound is now the volume of this noise regardless of how loud your fart would have been whether it's just the silent fart or really you're just really nailing it um it's going to be a consistent volume animal noise so you know, whatever, whatever speaking volume, animal noise. So not going to be super loud like a real elephant call um, or a piercing dog, dog bark or whatever. Um, just like no- a lion normal roar. Sp- yeah. Just normal speaking volume. And it's going to be that animal, uh, that animal noise. And so I can't and, get away with a little silent toot, you know. Yeah. You know? It, but it's like when you feel safe about it, like, you know, but it's going to be a, it's going to be heard but it won't be identified that's the thing that's the thing is that it's going to be it's going to throw people because you're going to fart but instead of making a fart noise it's going to be like you know like a duck clap and people are going to wait is there a duck someone have a duck undeniably coming from my butthole right like it's not it's not this sort of just a sound if we're in an elevator yeah they might be like does he have a, a weird phone text? Yeah. probably is what they're gonna think yes yeah. exactly yeah so it, the sound does come from your direction but you know it's quick it's just the animal noise and so it's gonna throw people they may not know that you farted and it may take a lot of exposure to piece together that wow you know this barnyard sort of sound uh thing always accompanies a bad smell from Daniel, like it's gonna take him a long time to piece it together, but right. But that, right. Those so I got are, a question. So, yeah. so the the opening of you know like MGM movies and it goes it's that line that goes yeah it doesn't he actually does it twice. So yeah. my question like that's a long that's a would do I would I have long because obviously mm-hmm. a quack versus like three seconds five seconds to do some sort of long call right right. Um, is it can it can it be a consistent? Uh, That's a good question. You know, um, it is. Uh, it's the duration is how it's not always one point three seconds. It's however long it takes for the sound to be identifiable. I guess so. Yeah, the MGM start that's a little longer than I would imagine, but one roar, like whatever the roar is, one of those, yeah. pretty brief. That's how it would be for Lion. 
Now, for something but like... But if it was a coyote, it might be... Yeah, it could be... Well, <laughs> not quite that long, but yeah, a wolf howl. Yeah, could could be a little longer. Like a dolphin. Kind of noise. <laughs> this is a funny one. Could be yeah. a little longer. W- one other just caveat, lest you try to cheat this one, is that animals that don't make noises aren't aren't chosen. So this magical drawback only chooses animals that actually make noises. So Okay. Um, and the smell is not impacted at all. Like if it was going to be yeah, uh, one that doesn't smell, it wouldn't smell, that kind of stuff. That's right. Um, yep. The feel is exactly the same. Yep. Uh, this just has no impact on your uh, vowel movements or anything. It's Nothing. just purely the same. Purely sound, yeah. So, yeah, we don't have to get in into... In fact, in some ways, there's some positive, like if you really need to rip one, it's yep. not going to change versus... That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, just like with the sax soundtracks, you know, you can find the silver lining. Maybe that's the beauty of the level one drawbacks is that... <laughs> it's finding some silver linings. You can find a silver lining. But but also, I mean, you know, you're going to see a concert or, or excuse me, like some sort of like a show or someone speaking or it's just clearly <laughs> like silence your phone type environment. You're going to see a live performance uh, of, a, of a theater, of a play. And mm-hmm. yeah, like there's, if you have to... Have, you have to fart. You're gonna have to excuse yourself completely just for a fart, like a little one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, even if it would be a silent one that you're like carefully like controlling your, yeah, your butthole and it's muscles. Not, they're not to... smelly recently. Like you're confident right. this would just be one. You're sitting there. Instead, you're gonna get like <laughs> speaking. At, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> someone to be like silence your phone most likely, but right. it's coming from you is the idea. Um, no monkeys in the re- theater, sir. <laughs> That's another thing is I want that the quality of the sound is not of a speaker. So it is a little, it might be a little, is it, it's muffled as well. Just like it's coming. It's like an authentic sound coming out of your butt. So, um, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah. So even though they're going to attribute it to speakers on a phone, undoubtedly. Uh, but that might be a little bit like, wow, that's a clear speaker. Oh, that's a funny one. <laughs> yep. All right, so I'm gonna recap here. We got yes. we got baby whisperer. Yep. Where I can control baby's actions within reason up to one year. Yes. Um, automatic doors, other than car doors, unlocked doors uh, as I approach. And this is like, kind of like as I need them. I'm not walking past doors in neighborhoods no. and they're flying open. No, this is like, like the most convenient it's tailored yeah, to your it's, a, it's smart it's a smart door action yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. um but i still like my apartment door i'd have to unlock if i have groceries or something so it really unless i go back and it's two trips and whatever yeah. um and then we have uh sack soundtracks and uh yeah so that's just a mild level non-obtrusive but it's even like at night as you're falling asleep I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of it's, it's playing a lullaby. mostly mood music, yeah, yeah, um, and then blame it on the dog. Um, any animal sounds for your farts. Um, the I don't I'm not excited about the uh, skills you're offering me, but I think I nailed it. My intuition to become a baby photographer <laughs> yeah. and like a world renowned one where I could get them to do funny things where. You know, 
I can set them up kind of like a bunch of babies playing uh, poker and get them to do various <laughs> sophisticated facial expressions, you yeah, know, like yeah. like ones that are beyond what we think of the comprehension of babies. And he's like, there's something about Daniel, this photographer that's able to like ta- capture these moments. I mean, I think I would, be- I think I could make bank on that. Like, although that's like seriously asking me to shift my entire passions and career. So is that actually something I would find joy in? Um, I don't know, but I really believe that that implementation takes it from a one and perhaps enhances. Like, I think I could make good money, a better lifestyle than I currently exist. I really think so. Uh, maybe I'm over inflating. If, if that, you were willing to, you know, turn your life over, my, which yes, I exactly, think brings it back down to the one, like, I think yeah. at its most practical level, it's like, okay, if you have a baby, then you're going to get a very convenient, for what, for most people that first year is like the most annoying, one of the most annoying times. And you'll be able to like coast. I could start through. a nursery and just like, and be like, everyone sleep. You could, <laughs> like, you could just, sh- 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 that's the power. You yeah. have to make that noise. If you don't make the noise, it doesn't work. <laughs> And the babies just everyone play. It would just be a very organized, and I don't take them past one year, and it, they and I just do a great job, and it's super easy. And I actually like like I alone could probably have a, a lot of babies not getting into trouble, and you know being perfectly safe, and you know engaging in whatever exercise or whatever they need to be doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have to change diapers and stuff because I don't think I'm controlling their bowels, like you know, right? You're that's an interesting one, like. If I had to say, don't poop today while during while I'm with you, shh, like that's not um, happening. I'm not contorting their bowels. Yeah, I mean, there might be some health implications, but I don't know. Okay, I so mean, I wouldn't do that though. I wouldn't. Con- <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't force. Them. But you're right. You're saying I could though. I, I think <laughs> I that, that fa- falls within the scope of the power. Like hold it, you know, like, hold it, baby. Like a baby is physically capable try. of holding it. Yeah, and until their body just says nah, then it would be just like you trying to hold it. You know, you can, yeah. like, you can do that for a while, but eventually you can't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, but it's tempting anyway to run a nursery and all of that. Like, but again, I don't, like, your life is now around babies. Like, I don't know that that's my passion. Yeah. Um, the Automatic Doors is, I think, negligible uh, in terms of, boosting like, like life enhancement uh, i've i've i have automatized my door opening in my life into which it does not feel like a taxation mm-hmm. uh, and so opening them relieving me of this you know automaticity doesn't open up a lot of room like oh what will i do with all the free time <laughs> or like that doesn't all open, the mus- open a the, lot of the, doors the, for you metaphorically speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, do- it doesn't open a lot of doors. It doesn't, it's like, oh, what will I do with all my free time? Or what will I do with all my extra strength that I've been pouring into this? Um, so that's not that appealing, even though I would say it's a practical daily thing. And like, and maybe I would start to adapt uh, in ways in which I'm carrying more things. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but but like, am I? Am I really not? 
Am I making trips based on like you know carrying things and doors? Well, you could opening? also I don't think there's a link there. You could also make more grand entrances, right? Because you don't have to stop <laughs> and like dirty yourself with the lowly act of grabbing a handle or knob. It would be as if there's always doormen to open the door for you. So you could you know really strut through entrances. Um, you you might could adopt you know, carrying a cane. You know, these kinds of things that could really <laughs> boost. Twirl my, yeah, I could really enhance my entrances and twirl or like, yeah. uh, like walking back or, or face Anything. backwards. The door is open. I turn around. I don't know. The uh, world is like your doorstep, as they say. The door. <laughs> um, I'm just not finding the, that, that appealing. Uh, sax soundtrack. Not that bad, okay? Uh, not that bad. I'm not afraid to take it. Uh, I think I would internalize it pretty quickly. I think the risks are low. Um, might even be moments of enjoyment. I think it would just become natural pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dog, the blame it on the dog, the fart thing is too risky uh, <laughs> for those scenarios. Like, like I've now like given up some control of my flatulence, and that's... Uh, given this like scary yeah, i it's scary it's a little scary it's hard to predict it's hard to fathom all the scenarios i can't like on the spot conjure up like that are going to pre- present themselves and i'm going to go why did i choose this um so if i were to choose it would be sax uh the sax soundtracks and probably the baby whisper just because i don't see much utility in the door thing but I think I'm walking away, huh. which is a shame because it's a shame. It's a shame because I don't like. I'm very tempted because if if it had just been a little better to me, like arbitrarily one of the the superpowers, I, I'm I'm willing to accept the drawback. But man, the superpowers are just so. What if I uh, threw car doors into the mix? I'll give you car doors. <laughs> oh man, you're giving me car doors. Let me see how that changes things. Microwave um, doors. Ooh, car doors, microwave, microwave doors. the cabinets, Do they cabinetry. Shut too? They just open? Yeah, or they shut. shut? It, uh, they shut too. Yeah, they shut. I'm throwing it all in, man. <laughs> what's it gonna take to get I'm you to walk? Still not gonna... Listen, what's it gonna take to get you to walk walk out of this deal with a sax soundtrack? What's it gonna take? <laughs> Let me get you a sax soundtrack today. Um, does that change things for me? Uh. I'm trying to think. I like I microwave some meal meals, and I like. It's just not that big of a deal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm trying to play it up like it's this big burden. You're giving. You're, you're, you're like I could carry ranch and ch- yeah. and, and Cholula sauce or yeah. whatever. Like two hands. I have to. Uh, it just isn't playing out. I mean, me. have you ever in your life, you know, been doing the butt? the butt push where you push the door up with your butt or whatever and drop something or fumble your boxes or any anything yeah. and like yeah. this you, you never have to worry about that problem ever again I could take in a, i could start working as a, in a moving company a moving company and i'm like you know oh man like, you're like getting four three or four percent more efficient than your colleagues because the doors are just I open mean, maybe, for you. I feel like they prop doors open and that's kind of one of the first steps they do and it you know takes all of I mean, they have door stops yeah, like, yeah well the, yeah you know but it, that's less interesting but that's and it's like using up air air conditioning or something. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, I think I'm walking away, man. Uh, I think that sweetens the pot very uh, much. Uh, it's the baby whisperer one that's like, uh, if I devote my life to being a, you know, running a nursery slash upscale uh, photography uh, all right, let me, that, you know. Look, not to make this into a mind your morals, but what if I, what, what if, this just occurred to me, what if you, ex- what if you could extend the age from one year to 18 years, like the whole duration of, you know, what we consider to be childhood. What about Ooh, that? Well, yes. Yeah, I'm taking it just for the sake of, well, like, I want to be a parent one day. And so you're, you're giving me, uh, I mean, that actually alone, when I start to revisit my own just personal, like, all right, it's parenthood. I can control them for a year, at least for, like, get those. I'm going to take a nap. You're going to take a nap with me, you know, shh. Um, 18 years. Oh, you've, 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 you've brought it way up to like, I know. Well, that's why, like, yeah. I think now it's dangerous because yeah, now it's like, uh, I don't know that I would take it morally, but like believing I wouldn't, now, obviously it's more powerful. And... Obviously it's more than a one at that level of power. So that's, that's no longer the question, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, well now, now that now there's a moral component to it as well. Cause now the, you're the... like a, a, a three or four month old <laughs> baby, like, yeah okay my will is dominating yours and i'm making you like stop crying okay whatever big deal but i mean well actually maybe we shouldn't be so cavalier about that like maybe babies cry for a reason and there's something wrong and you should listen to the baby crying and by you stopping the baby crying maybe you are doing something inappropriate and for them having to come over their overcome their own tears they're sort of learning to self-soothe and develop uh coping mechanisms that i'm robbing them of if i just make them not cry um, yeah maybe um yeah. but but everything gets more complex you know the older as the child gets more complex literally the situation gets more complex too and so like you know you're going to stop your four-year-old from you know doing whatever mischievous thing or, or running or imagine around the 16 year old and you say i need you home by 10 you will be home by 10 they could be yeah. very tempting just because you have rules that you want them to obey right. and now they just will obey it if you command and, and if you so, sh- yeah and you're gonna be home by 10 like, yeah and that just seems it on on the surface that seems reasonable like i need you home by 10 be home by 10 or or you're gonna to come to the wedding on Saturday to see Aunt whatever, and like, like they're like, oh, I can't, I gotta study. No, you're gonna be there, like, whatever, whatever, like. So, like, but, and you're gonna be happy about it too. But that, I don't know. Now you're just <laughs> robbing them. Like now, all of a sudden, like you've really infringed upon their humanity and like their development as a person. And yeah. so, uh, like, you think how often would you actually use it? Oh, my gosh. Right. Uh, and each each time is very very questionable. Anytime you're imposing your will yes. on someone, um, in in a supernatural way. I mean, I think we try to impose our will in a natural way, depending on how you want to define it. But anytime I'm trying to convince you of something, every rule I have, every suggestion I have of parenting and morality, and all of those are me me not imposing isn't the right word, but it's expressing my desire for like outcomes and hoping you will. You know, and really trying to make those outcomes come to fruition, and they are about you as a human being. So yeah, I'm 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 projecting and uh, manipulating, imposing all these kind of scary words, but like I'm trying to create you as a morally good person in the world. So right, and I mean that now we have a supernatural way to do it, which yes. seems to rob it of like that's just me exercising a power, not right. you becoming a person. So yes, it undermines the the, the fabric of like parenthood. 
Yeah, I, I agree. So you definitely have to be very judicious in, uh, you know, in the use of the power, if you use it at all after a certain point. Right, it's tempting to take and then just say, I mean, that could be life-saving. A kid is, say, stubborn and they're they're out and they're like, you're like, I need you to, you see a snake and you don't want them to panic. You're like, come here now. Right. And they're, they, they're an argumentative, stubborn person. Why? Or five more minutes or whatever. And you're just like, those are like no-brainers. Like, come here and I've saved your life now. Right. I've done this sh- and like, you're alive because of me. <laughs> But other than that, it's like these are these are character issues that we need to work through together. Or I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to moralize that. I'm just saying that like they need to learn obedience better, or listening, or uh, acquiescing, or whatever the, yeah, yeah. the the lesson may be. So I mean, maybe they need to learn not to get bitten by snakes. Like I mean, maybe, teach yeah, them a lesson, true. right? Like what are you doing? Venom is powerful. DC. <laughs> oh, you're dead. <laughs> well, speaking of death. <laughs> oh, by the way, what would you do? Would oh, you, yeah. Would you walk uh, away, I bet. Uh, you know, actually, good. you know, actually, no. Um, okay. I'm right. non-contrarian. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to choose automatic doors because, like, although I agree with you that, that it doesn't really impact my life all that much, I do find it convenient. I like conveniences, and I, I'm going to choose blame it on the dog because... Honestly, the situations in which, like, you know, if the drawback was I can't, like, quiet fart anymore, I always just have loud farts, even that wouldn't be that detrimental to me because, I mean, I'm just, I don't really, I don't fart in precarious situations that much. And, like, even if I did, it's, you know, it's just a fart. It's just not that big of a deal. Um, and with this, it's even less because now I can blame it on the dog or blame it on a ringtone or message notification or whatever. You know, it's just a goose noise randomly. Oh, I guess the, <laughs> guess the migration is happening or whatever, you know, anything. It's just my trail is going to be covered there. I don't think that it would ever really come back to bite me. And if it did, it, it would be hilarious, right? Because it's very entertaining and a very entertaining thing to happen. Um, it would make for good stories. That's true. So I, I don't my like my profession as a teacher is what's kind of like I'm just thinking. I don't know yeah, though. Like, I think yeah. I mean, I think that our situations are different enough that yeah, it's certainly more of a risk to you than to me. Because I mean, I work from home, so it doesn't. It literally makes no difference to me. It might even be a positive. This is the silver lining because you know I could laugh at all the various animal noises that my butthole produces. Um, and be entertained by it. Oh, what animal was that? I don't even know. I've never heard that noise before. Um, So, yeah, it's not that bad for me. I think I'm going to choose those two. And so you you can stick with opening your doors manually and everything. Meanwhile, I'm going to be waltzing through the doors, maybe let a little fart fly on the way, and, you know, you'll hear a walrus or whatever. Um, And that'll just be my style. Uh, all right, I've been mulling over death. I'm, I'm ready to discuss it. All right. Um, so kind of what I had... All right, so I'll tell you how this... Uh, why this topic was on my mind. Um, I, As my computer background, I have pictures, all of my pictures that I've taken throughout my life. Just it, Every 30 seconds, it changes the picture. And one picture that popped up was a picture of you. It was a picture from our trip to Japan, and you were posing contemplatively next to some graffiti that said death is free do you remember that picture 
I do now. Now that you say that, that is, uh, yeah, yeah. We and were in a crowded place doing some sort of shopping. In Tokyo or in something. A, in Tokyo, in, yeah. a, in a more, in, a, in that district, maybe near the robot uh, restaurant nearish, maybe no, no, no. I, I might be confusing, but it was like an alleyway that was crowded and lots of yes. Uh, it was actually in get some uh, long French fries around that. Yeah, time. you're exactly right. Good memory. It was in Harajuku. That's where it was, which is like a fashiony kind of district, but very crowded. Yeah. yeah. Did we um, buy some sort of a belt or something? Maybe uh, or we needed, I, we needed something practical. I bought a belt, but it wasn't it wasn't from that location. It was okay. from somewhere Sorry, else. Sorry, I'm confusing things then. But, yeah, but anyway, I saw that and the and, death uh, is free. Yeah, and did we also take a, t- a picture with a like some sort of boobs was written somewhere. Was yeah, that, was that, that was at the, the belt place. That was okay. at the belt place. Okay, so I'm just um, confusing memories. Okay, but yeah, very similar, very crowded kind of shoppy areas. Like the the places and were death certainly is similar. Free, you know? well, well, I mean, or, it could be expensive to die. Or though, is too. it? And and here and is herein is the topic. Like I was thinking about like. I was wondering, well, is death really free? Like, if I died, yeah, it wouldn't cost me. I'm going to be dead, so whatever costs yeah. accrue, I don't have to worry about. I can't. To whom is I the question? Yeah. And so I was looking at like, okay, what is the cost? What is the cost of like death? Funeral like, costs. Yeah. Like, does like, your money get taxed again after being taxed by the government? Yes. Even if you said here, Daniel, take it all. It's like they'll they. To tax death it. tax, right? Yes, exactly. So there are things that cost money. Cemeteries. How do cemetery plots work? Like, do you rent them? Is it your land? Is it a one-time payment? Yeah, yeah, what, do, you what's pay, the, do I have to pay, like, property taxes on it or something yeah. weird? Cremation. fees, you know. It, if you get cremated, is it different? Like, do you... I mean, I what's the, the deal with that? option, but yeah. it's, like, I'm sure it costs, you know... The coffin industry, like, what's up with them? Like, is that a predatory industry? Oh, yeah, there's definitely levels of like, there's your wooden box, yeah. and then there's your like high end roller that probably has like airtight, guaranteed to keep, you know, worms out and waterproof yeah. and da 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 da. And I don't know, like, t- weird, strange, right? The yeah. whole thing's so strange, right? And uh, there's you know different laws. I can see about... this being very expensive, even so. Well, it's it's. it's oh. Depressing. I mean, right, do you so have some numbers? I do. I do have up? some numbers. I did some some basic research, and we can just we can carry it where we will from from there. But so I found an article that says the average cost of death in the United States uh, is about twenty thousand dollars. Oh, oh. Um, so the mo- the most expensive state is apparently Hawaii at about thirty six thousand dollars, and the least expensive state is Mississippi. At about fifteen thousand dollars. Now these numbers sound is, crazy to me. Um, they sound absolutely nuts. And so, what is happening? What are they, poor people die more often? I'm guessing because of a lot of there's just a lot of reasons. They they are fire alarms. Their houses catch on fire because they didn't replace their backup poor. batteries. <laughs> oh, bringing it back around. <laughs> My story is relevant, baby. Yeah. Poor, poor, there are more poor people, um, and then their health, for various reasons, are you know they, they don't receive the care, and they don't take, they also don't take the care, and blah blah blah. They're dying more often, and they and they can't afford to die as easily, like you know. So you would go the cheaper route. So mm-hmm. like, give me the wooden casket and you know uh, cheap cheeses at the buffet or whatever <laughs> <laughs> the funeral. 
give me the discount preacher or whatever. I don't right like the individual myself, individually right? wrapped slices of American cheese instead of yeah. you know like your gourmet blocked cheddar. You know we don't yeah. need any six month aged cheddar. Right, smoked Gouda. He lived a Gouda life. <laughs> um, yeah. So these numbers sounded ridiculous to me. Unfortunately, the article that quoted these numbers. It was unclear. It didn't have an itemized breakdown. I suspect because the article said in there, end of life care included is averaging about eleven thousand dollars. Now I don't. They didn't explain. This this number comes from the National Bureau of Economic Research. End of life care is at, on average about eleven thousand six hundred dollars. Now what does that mean? Does that mean you know you have a heart attack and you're just like barely hanging in there for? two or three days until you die or like right. what, I, what's included. Hospice? Yeah. Like what is, I, what I, are hosp- yeah. It's unclear to me, but, but let's say that we're not doing that. We're not considering end of life care. This is like you die. And then what's the cost that still leaves, you know, $8,000, a little more than $8,000. Um, I think most of that is the funeral. According to the national funeral directors association, the median cost of a funeral is seven thousand six hundred dollars, um, which okay. again that to me, with that number. yeah, it does. There's two numbers, uh, like end of life care and the funeral, right? And there's you know a little bit of change in there as well that maybe for miscellaneous stuff. But it sounds like funeral is funeral and end of life care are the major costs. So like, even that to me is too vague. Like to when I think funeral, I think like, okay, what's costing money? here like it there should be nothing right like at, at its cheapest well, it's, almost it should... like, it's almost like renting a space and you go and you and you sign a book to say you showed up for like this is the viewing or the day out. there's usually yeah. two right there's some sort of uh what do you call it the uh the uh, they, they come like a day like, like a yeah. day or two early just for a viewing and then and then you have the funeral and it is a lot of people getting together, and then there's like you hire, but it's usually so so funeral service. So yeah. it's the space, yes, yeah, the space, and, a, and, and a, then a guy or two, the rented like, hearse, you know, and like yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. But but to me, like I, I conceptualize it like a wedding. Really, like at its cheapest, a wedding should be free, right? It should be your friends and family coming around to celebrate while you say yes. your vows or whatever, and you can do that for no cost you know obviously the people have to pay to get together and spend their time but in terms of paying third parties nothing and for a funeral it seems to me also like the cheapest should be free like your family gets together they dig a hole they put you in it and there you go like call it a day it really is like a what do we do with this body kind of thing um you're and anyway and and there's a lot of grief going on so people are pretty susceptible to just like yeah that, 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 that this well, could be expo- exploitation like yes moments. well see that's another thought that i had um is just like you exploit around weddings too oh, yes I love be caught up in it and it's this sort of once it's an industry there we don't know about the industry the average person isn't intimately familiar yeah so someone in the industry says no nah, this is standard right and you just kind of go oh okay especially when you fold in either love or grief, grief or whatever any emotional situation well, I was thinking like because death is an uncomfortable topic, you know, humans generally don't like to think about death, especially their own death or the death of family members or whatever. They just it's easier for our peace of mind in the moment to imagine we're immortal, right? Just push that off into the unknown future and don't think about it. And so Ooh, if if yeah. collectively humanity 
or society is not thinking about death, does that mean that the death industry, you know, funeral services, coffin makers, whatever, tombstone engravers, whatever, all of that stuff, like we're not thinking about that stuff as much. So does that mean that we have advanced more slowly in those areas of industry and perhaps the only people, or I shouldn't say the only people, but it's more likely that people who lack the appropriate empathy or who are deviant enough to dwell on the thoughts of death are more likely to go into those industries, maybe for the worse, which made me think, okay, maybe it, maybe it is more prone to corruption and you know exploitation if you know, people are selling, uh, they're upcharging like airtight steel coffins or caskets. I I learned there's a difference between coffin and casket. They're upselling those Um, to people that are in grief um, instead of just like saying, okay, here's your lacquered pine box. um, I absolutely think that's true. And I also think, I was just thinking when you said we don't like to deal with death, in some ways they come in and they know that they are dealing with someone who doesn't like to deal with death. So they're the services they're offering is let me take care of it. Let me distant. Yeah. Let me, you don't like death. No one likes death. Totally get it. And we will like, because like you said, if, if we, if it's a, if it's free and I'm going to bury a body in the yard, that's pretty twisted. I have to handle the body. I have to dig the hole. I have to, that's a very intimate dealing with death. And plus, I don't, we don't, not, not everyone's going to know how to do the, um, I'm blanking on the term where you embalming. take the body and you, you preserve it. Yeah. Embalming and all you the things that. that go along with it. No, you wouldn't, but it would start smelling pretty quickly. And so the whole thing was feels morbid and uncomfortable. And honestly, you don't want death in your backyard. And let's just say less and less people have like large swaths of land. It's That's not like true. everyone lives in the country and like, it's not a big deal. It's a mile down the road. And so like we try to distance ourselves from death and we say we have collective areas, cemeteries and, mm-hmm. you know, and this industry that says, take it away from us, please. Like take this out of our hands. And we don't even want to go examine the practices because it all feels a bit morbid. And so you get people that maybe are good with the showmanship that come in and go, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, let us take care of everything for you. The complete package is this, this, and this. And you might even be like, let's just say even in your grief, you're trying to be practical. So you say, all right, I'd like to see an itemized list. Ooh, this embalming. Like, I don't even care about this. No, 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 no. Like, if you're saying, I don't even want an open casket or a visitation. I just want the funeral and in the box. So you don't need to do any of the embalming. I just have a feeling there's probably a line about why you need the embalming, like, immediately anyway. And mm-hmm. and I, I just have a feeling that they, like, they have some set charges that you would push back on and they'd say, no, 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 no. Like, you're not getting out of here without spending eight grand. Yeah, listen uh, to this. It, I found a, a breakdown for at least some of the items that they charge for, for a, a funeral. Um, so like the actual headstone can be, uh, if it's a flat, a flat, like grave marker, it can be, it's a thousand dollars. Um, what? if it's okay. upright, if it's upright, you know, like an upright tombstone or carved doohickey, yeah. then that can be anywhere from two to $5,000. Um, oh my gosh, just to install the headstone, Costs between one hundred and three hundred twenty-five dollars. That seems install. Like, seems reasonable what? enough, though. Pay a guy to, you know, carry it with his forklift or whatever to the spot. Like I don't know, paying for that. The actual burial, the interment, um, that includes like opening the grave. I guess the, that is digging the hole, placing the casket in there, closing it, replacing the the grass, and completing the legal paperwork and stuff. 
in a public cemetery apparently it costs three hundred fifty to a thousand dollars in a private about six hundred to three thousand dollars and imagine this they're going to charge you for that tent and that like yep. the green astroturf they yes. put around it and a few chairs and yep. maybe a table and yep, then do yep. a little mic for and you know all the little things yeah yeah, yeah um and then apparently this is one that's strange to me grave liner um a grave liner a protective material that surrounds the casket in the grave the the cost listed is anywhere from $550 to $7,500. Wait, is it a material? I don't it understand. It says it's a material. That's just what this thing, this table like, that I found. Like, so says. you have the six-foot hole dug, and you just line it with, like, almost like the way, I mean, what? But who ca- who cares? You're not yeah. digging these things up. I mean, right. just, well, I mean, the, we just don't like the idea of our loved ones being eaten by worms. But like, we need to accept that and no, actually I, I see some see, potential beauty in that or something. You know, about like becoming one with the. I don't know. I mean, no, no, I totally agree. And when I was reading this, I was a little shocked because I mean, maybe it's just maybe I'm just too cold or something. But I was thinking like, this is absurd. If I died and my family paid. $20,000, if we take the end-of-life care out and they paid $8,000 for my death, I would be mortified in more than one sense, right? Like, mortified, what does that, that means like... What does mortified actually I, the, mean? The root of the word is more in a death, right? So anyway, like, I would not like that. I, like, truly, just take, you know, if I die in a car accident, after, you, after you're pronounced dead, then the family it legally gets possession of the body. And so just, you know, take me, put me in the trunk, take me to the land, dig a hole and put me in it. And that's literally enough for me. Like you don't have to incineration. That costs money. That costs, uh, it costs to do that professionally. I mean, if you build a bonfire and stick me on, that's fine too, but it's going to be harder to manage. But like, but there's something, I mean, I could see the symbolic, uh, like, Oh, I have have a little Bennett on my mantelpiece or I put Bennett in my my, my ring, you know, that's too (laughs) weird. What I mean, fine. Uh, I agree. Actually, it's my point. I guess my point is I don't want to dig a hole and touch your body and throw it in there and stuff. I don't want to dig a hole. I mean, you don't, don't but do you want to, do you want to pay $8,000 then? I would like dig which a hole one? for less than eight thousand. Yeah, I would rather dig the hole. Yeah, me too. Uh, right? Like, yeah. It'd would be I disturbing to like? Let's because if you died, it's probably not like some long disease. It'd probably be a car wreck or something. So you'd have this. There'd be some mutilated like aspects. I just <laughs> maybe I don't yeah, want to look, look, look at. Yeah, but like this I, so is, again, right. this is capitalizing on my like inability to face death. Exactly. They can charge well, so that, much, That's what I was so. thinking. Like, maybe. Maybe we're coping a little too hard here by outsourcing this to these industries, which have grown kind of fat on our. Yeah, because discomfort. if I had to deal with it, I'd probably cope better. Like, they, they, you need to confront the things that bother you. You know, like you yeah. com- confront. We need a better relationship with that. We do for sure. Like yeah. our modern, we just don't do well. And, we don't talk about it much and all of that. So. And, and and I would find it hard to believe that. Yeah. Okay. So I have to like drag your limp body to a hole that i dug and put it in there like that's not gonna be pleasant it's gonna be unpleasant but it's not gonna tarnish my view of the person you know like oh no 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 it's more just disturbing like i mean but maybe that would be normalized maybe you're saying exactly that's what i'm saying part of our life is that we do that well it it reminds me a little bit of like you know when you have a pet that needs to be put down or something like that that's a thing that happens 
you know, like if your horse in the olden days like broke its leg or something and you have to, you know, put the horse down. Or if your dog gets, old yeller gets rabies or whatever and you have to put it down. It's a thing that happens and it's unpleasant to have to kill a pet, but it has to be done. And, and now, you know, we have, you know, you take the pet to a vet and they euthanize the pet. And to me, that just seems kind of... And I don't know how much that costs. I didn't look that up as part of this. That would be interesting. But the fact that it probably does cost hundreds of dollars. Yes. I like, could see it being 600 bucks easy, right? And yeah. They, they, and they just... Maybe 800 whatever. I don't know. Maybe yeah. 2000 Yeah, maybe $7,000. Right. Any, any $25,000. I don't know. A million dollars to kill Floofy. Like, yeah. seems a little excessive Freaking to floofy. me. But, like, whatever it is, it seems a little too much, right? Like... It, the, the, I would the, imagine the the poison and the garbage disposal is you know they're they're racking up you know right <laughs> so it, it just $10 seems like the kind of poison, thing uh, you know it it seems like a kind the kind of thing that we as humans should be able to accomplish like if you have the responsibility of taking care of a pet then it seems like you should you should be hardened to the fact that you might have to put that pet down for the presumably you're making that decision for the pet's own good um and you should be able to take on that responsibility as well but that seems the kind of another kind of thing that we've distanced ourselves from similar to this hum- do, human death issue well do we need to we i think we romanticize the bodies and the things to do with them so we have to yeah. honor the body we absolutely romanticize that and because yes. and, it would be a travesty to say use the same facilities that burn our trash to burn our bodies it'd be like oh no the outcry would be uh significant at least initially yeah um but it seems more important to honor the memories and honor the humanity and not the the body yeah much. i agree um, yeah i totally agree now in my i also don't like the idea of oh, i mean i guess i guess you fold in religion and then things get really complicated right and that's why you have a lot of people don't believe in um, being uh, incinerated and whatever, you know. Like they don't want to. They they want their bodies intact for various reasons. Why? Um, I, I've heard honestly, that before. I think one of them is they. Be, I I believe one of the reasons um, a particular sects of Christianity believe that like when God comes and he he be kind of like restores the earth and it's a very it's an actual physical like like heaven will be again on earth one day and so it'll be a physical thing and the, the bodies uh, the bodies come back or whatever and so they're really ner- but this is like a very kind of an old school view i don't think but i, I think it's more it's, it's not that uncommon though so they want hmm. they don't want their bodies to be incinerated because they don't know what that'll mean when it's time to come back you know interesting i've heard um, that i've heard that, I, that there are some religious objections to cremation but i never really knew why or understood why and well i mean you know i guess i don't, there's no need for me to criticize uh you know some religious belief but i'll just say that that one doesn't that one doesn't resonate it's with me too much to yeah. <laughs> yeah like well if there's yeah. going to be a you know a spiritual like divine yeah that's my thing, thing is, okay then let's i'm take pretty that sure belief and I'm pretty sure he, like, you know, God can manage to deal with, you know, cremated uh, bodies. That's what I'm saying is that, like, yeah, that that issue should not uh, really concern you if if God is restoring the earth to a heaven to a, to a heavenly home, then taking your dust particles and 
like reconfiguring them yeah. because they have to do that anyway unless there's a bunch of zombie you know and skeletons right. well and i mean what about has also been yeah. so i mean so I, it just doesn't hold water because that means people that have died a long time ago that the, even the bones have maybe started to decompose like all of this has to be restored so it would include you know right right uh cremated bodies so I, yeah it doesn't fully i think it kind of just is just fundamentally pinned on some cultural assumptions about just like that's weird i'm so used to the like people get really married to ideas and the mm -hmm. idea that like that you have to bury your body and then someone comes and says you can burn them you know and it's like that feels wrong that is not attractive to me that seems disrespectful fundamentally because if you get hung up on honoring the body i think this is actually where we went wrong is like i understand we need to deal with death we need to grieve so we need some process so every civilization ever has uh, some sort of routine because no one wants no well, no one knows what to do during death hey i'll be there for you i'm sorry you're going through this but no one knows what to do with that energy so you have ritual yeah. and you have this sort of thing that goes on but in that process we've we honored the body a little too much like the ritual involved honoring the body so it, yeah. it kind of elevated to this holy status that i think can be really like uh, we we're a little misguided there uh, honoring the body like instead of honoring the person because the person at least to me the person is not just is not the body yes even though it makes sense it's the symbol i mean it's the absolute symbol like it's, it's the so it's the close. tangible thing yeah yeah you know? yeah i mean totally yeah i totally agree with that um now on the on the plus side it is, is possible in my research i found to do ch a cheap funeral if you're so inclined like actually in every state in the u.s except for california washington and indiana you you literally can just take the body and bury it yourself uh you know, as long what will those three states do? Will they say no? <laughs> yeah, apparently there's some kind of legal limitation on that, and I guess there are only certain areas in which you can bury a body. But my in... aunt was buried on her on her property. They have a big, you know, yeah. a lot of, and so. But I'm assuming. I mean, I think it was exp probably more expensive, right? Because we still did the the casket and coffin and thing, yeah. and the, there was a tent, and there was a whole thing, and there yeah. was a bit layer, like, so I'm sure it was expensive it's as just, If they have to come out and do a whole service out there, then yeah, it's probably expensive. But if it's a private, you know, family thing, then it, like I said, it could be no cost, like just the cost to you and whoever to dig the hole and deal with the, you know, the actual movement of the body. But I, I imagine you could, you know, like, you wouldn't have to like get me in a fire, the dead body in a fireman's carry and have like, you know, bodily fluids dripping and whatever. Like you would, <laughs> you would, it wouldn't have to be gross like that. Like even for, even if you made your own stretcher or something and, you know, some kind of shroud, you could do it for very cheaply. And I found yeah, also that yeah. you can get what they call green caskets that are made from like biodegradable material, like cardboard or bamboo or whatever. And those are like, hundred to seven hundred dollars or something so pretty reasonable if yeah. you if you want to go the next step up walmart also sells um caskets i found <clears throat> so you can get affordable metal metal or wood caskets as low as a thousand dollars from walmart i haven't seen that aisle my latest shopping trip but that's strange to me isn't that strange <laughs> get a walmart casket I mean, I'll take a Walmart. I mean, honestly, just cremate me. I'm good. I'm very good. I want that. Like, I guess this would be a sort of will you could show if something were to happen. And uh, yeah, cremate me, please. Like, the idea of 
And also, like, don't put me on a mantelpiece. Like, do something <laughs> cool and symbolic. Take me to cool places I liked and leave, you know, let me kind of float off in the air or whatever. Just, just but scatter my, scatter my ashes in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> put me in, like, a whiteboard and, like, you know, as they oh, yeah. manufacture whiteboards that send all out over the country. And, yeah, I like it. Pa- package you <laughs> but, up into the robot that's going to teach from now on. I want to be an expo marker ink or whatever. <laughs> Prop you up on a, on a toolbox somewhere. <laughs> but all of that is because the symbolic gesture of, like, taking me to places and, like, remembering me is more than, like... Right. Yeah, more than the actual physical dust, you know, ash that is yeah, left of yeah. you. Well, that's not that important. Um, also, one other note on, uh, on casket cost. Oversized caskets uh, get much more expensive, so that's another incentive to stay... A healthy weight if not if literally not dying sooner isn't enough motivation to stay a healthy weight then the fact that your caskets are going to be much more expensive let that you know let that help you keep your weight under control how big do you have to be to need it no i mean this casket caskets are big they're pretty you know? big man but some people get they're, bigger some people, people get bigger. pretty big i suppose yeah and then um, yeah and then like i wonder if the cranes and stuff lowering them in i'm sure they i just doubt there's a, a single person that would You'd have to bring out the bigger crane, or something. <laughs> you might. I don't know. Maybe. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, ch- ch- this is a morbid thought. Sorry, but child, child coffins graves. should be cheaper, half they, cost, right? If they're like, they are, they are cheaper. And... Yeah, they are cheaper. Okay. Um. So, yeah, at least that's not a rip off. But I have a feeling the child coffin is obviously a more tragic situation, really heartbreaking, and that and parents are wanting to honor them, so they're like, give me the gold Pink, casket per, per, yeah the one that was their favorite color and let's get a pearl yeah. whatever like and make it shaped like a unicorn because that was their favorite story and like and this you know mm-hmm. i can just see things like being really expensive that way too yeah same here um also you you asked the question about when poor people die i wondered when i was looking at all these costs i wonder you know what happens when homeless people die if they don't have any known relatives or anything, like what what happens in that situation? And it's not a very exciting answer. Um, it's just the county or city. You know, all of the costs are there, but it's at the county or city's expense. So essentially, taxpayers pay for the. Um, you know, they're they're not getting expensive coffins. It's just a pauper's grave. Um, uh, but do they do, do they try to? I mean. I'm assuming they put out an, like an obituary type thing. That's its own interesting little. Oh, yeah, thing that, we that do is. I didn't obituaries. look at. I didn't look up how much that costs or any kind of uh, any information about that. But yeah, obituaries are interesting. Well, now that news, no one really does like print news and stuff. They, they, these websites have popped up, kind of like wedding sites. You know, it's a whole industry that you probably pay and you can do some GoFundMe stuff or donate to this call stuff and you know. Huh. I'm sure that I don't. I don't. I'm kind of speaking. I don't know what I'm saying exactly, except that everyone does a wedding website, and you pay a little bit for a domain, and like, That's and it can weird. do digital in, invites, and it can collect donation, you know, yeah. gift donations, and all yeah. sorts, and you can write all sorts of things. And I so mean, I imagine there's a lot similar thing with with for for deaths. Yeah, like obituaries. Like here's an article about them, or here's a thing. Yeah. Like I just. I, I, I know there's, I understand, actually, if anything, I can get behind the idea of an obituary because it's it's something it's that's memory, like, hey, yeah. here, 
Yeah. It's about the person more than about the body. Yes. So it's like, hey, this person, it's a way to let you know they died and, yeah. like, and, and celebrate an announcement them in some way. and celebration. Yeah, I, I agree. I can get more behind more behind that. Um, the website, the fact that newspapers, you know, are essentially unread now, especially local newspapers, that does put the obituary the obituary business really in a tight spot. So it sounds like they've adapted um, in some way, but I don't like the new model that much. It sounds like. Um, what I don't saying. know that the model is that. All I know is that I have seen some people's links on Facebook that are like that, and I've looked and I've read quickly about them, and it says in lieu of flowers, donate to this organization. So I don't know. I didn't click around or spend much time, but it seemed like it was a website devoted toward, you know, recognizing people's deaths kind of thing so hmm. now one like one other thing that i found pretty ridiculous about the process of dying is you know not not the cost i mean i did find it kind of ridiculous the cost for funerals and all the little bits and pieces of that but then on the government side like you you mentioned there's a tax and yeah there's a state tax or an inheritance tax or sometimes both of those when you die that I find kind of ridiculous, particularly the inheritance tax. Like if you die and you leave your possessions to, you know, your children or your relatives or whatever, you've already paid taxes on that money or those items right, right. or whatever. And but now just because <laughs> you're get you're giving them to your children or whoever, they now have to pay tax on that. And the Which values, is weird. It's already taxed. It's like, the values what, can be on? pretty ridiculous. Like, well, so because often two... this is like a life savings. This can be inheritance can be like giant sums of money. So if you put yeah. percentages on that, I mean, gosh. Well, that's what it is. So like estate taxes, that is a tax on the right to transfer property. So that kind of gets that comes off the top before it ever makes it to the pockets of you know the yuck the, the this stuff whoever. grosses me out. Now, it was a little. It was a little better than I thought. It's not in either of the states that we live in, um, but there are still some states that have an estate tax. Usually how it works is there's some lower cutoff. So if the estate is a million dollars or more, then they tax you know, uh, 18% or something like that. Um, in Hawaii, by the way, oh. that, uh, that tax is up to 20%. Which is just crazy. Wow. Right? 20%. Wow, that's so much. Um, and then uh, there's a federal estate tax too. So not just state, but there's a federal one as well. It's graduated, but it starts at 18% if you have a $12 million estate. So if you're really rich and you have $12 million, then right off the top, 18% of that is going back to the um, to Uncle Sam. Whatever state you live in, if they have an estate tax, you know, some off the top is going there. And if your state is unlucky enough to have an inheritance tax as well, then when you give the remaining bit of your money to your descendants or your um, your remaining relatives or whoever, then they have to pay a tax on that money as well. So um, it's a little more common than a state tax, but like in New Jersey, that inheritance tax is 16%. Wow. So they're really going after you. Um, what's, for- the justi- what's the justification aside from sort of a wealth redistribution argument? Because... That, that's an argument, sure. What, but they, they don't, what are they, are they arguing that this just takes, I mean, because you've already paid taxes on it, this is yeah. money, and you want to get, you, you have a right to, 
do well, what with your do what you will with your money and you right. say i want to give it to this person okay well now they're saying we well, have to pay this tax i'm just curious why their answer what's the answer to that well i i see this as just blatant theft i mean i'm one of those people that thinks that taxation just in general is theft um, for the most part but to me what this reads as is the government always needs money they are imp- they're they're not connected to the people who died or the estate or the family or anything. They're emotionally distant. So all they want is money. They just want and need money. They figure what's happening is the person who died, they don't need the money anymore. They're not going to argue if we take a big section of money. And the family, the people inheriting the money, they're getting money out of it. So they're going to be happy getting money. And it's not going to cause that much blowback if we take some of that money off the top. And so... That, that's what the government is about, is about minimizing the outcry. Because almost everything they do is bad, and if they can manage to minimize the outcry, then they can still get away with whatever they want, with their taxation or whatever. And so this minimizes it. So kudos to them for being like very evil in that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, very successfully their, their evil. evil but, <laughs> but like to me, it's egregious. Like I can't imagine... like. Some, at some point in the past, you know, these taxes weren't in place in the United States. So I'm just trying to imagine the legislative session or whatever get-together of politicians there in a room, and they're like, okay, all right, we need some money. Uh, let's pray on families, you know, in grief who've had someone die. Um, let's take money yeah. from out of their pockets. We've already taxed it, yeah, multiple times because they had to, we taxed it when they earned it. We taxed it when they spent it. And we tax them on multiple other things that they spend it on. Maybe let's just tax it also you know, when they die, and then Jeez. when we when their relatives get it as well. So, kind of crazy. Very crazy. I, so I mean, w- yeah. when you when you factor all of that in, death is not free. It's kind of like you know how we do a. Bennett does fixes sports. You should fix death. <laughs> Bennett fixes death. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, mean... just take the bodies, throw them in, and of course the government doesn't take their money. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, like I don't, I don't have a problem with the voluntary spending of money on ceremonies or whatever. You know, if people. Well, of course, want... if someone wants to do it up big and rent a big. And throw a party in their yeah. honor. I mean, I could see that being a semi-regular thing, but now it's just. I think what happens though is the social pressures. Like yeah. you don't want to do a tacky funeral or a tacky wedding, and right. so that, that pressure is immense. So people will spend, will will break the bank to to avoid being tacky. Isn't that wild? It is wild, and like you know, for me personally, that's the kind of thing that just. I have a hard time. I have a hard time with that. And like that's why like you know when it can't when it comes to weddings I, I really appreciated your wedding which was not super traditional it wasn't very stuffy um, and so you know I thought that was I thought that was great so I hope your funeral it felt like is a party just... for the weekend it really did it felt like a party right I hope your uh, funeral it felt like a celebration is of us and it don't feel like it veered too far it felt personal uh, I felt like reflective of our personalities and yeah I mean yeah so yeah I'll be looking forward to the same thing out of your funeral. yeah that's a good note to end on yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so interesting interesting topic death yeah yeah
It's over death. 